Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Thanks for tuning into the show. I realized the other day that we've been doing this podcast for over six months now. We've got well over 30 episodes and a lot more in the works, and we are so thankful for each and every person who has joined us on this journey, whether this is your first time to listen or whether you've been listening since the very beginning, we are glad that you're here. If this is your first time or if you haven't already subscribed to the show, please go ahead and do that. This way you will get easy access to all our new episodes when they come out. We release a new episode each Thursday, and we have a few bonus episodes sprinkled in each month as well. And you'll want to make sure that you're able to access all of those as they come out. Today's guest is Adam Lucero. Adam has an incredible story. He'll explain it more in our conversation, but essentially Adam was stabbed three times in a movie theater and taken to the hospital, put into a medically induced coma for several days that left him very weak, both physically and mentally, and he had to figure out how to live life again. And that journey led him on a path toward optimization and self-improvement that he's going to talk more about. And I think you'll find his story incredibly inspiring and motivating. So let's dive in. Here's Adam Lucero. Adam, great to have you on the show. Looking forward to chatting with you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun. So you are an expert when it comes to optimization. You've done a lot of work, a lot of research within this field. What first made you interested in optimization? Yeah, so I've always been interested on just performing at the highest level so that I can achieve more. I've always been a really ambitious person. I mean, going back to middle school, I'd go to the 99 cent store, buy candy, come to middle school, start selling it. High school, I'd do the same thing with electronics off Craigslist, and then started a business in college. So I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, always been really ambitious. And so just learning how to optimize ourselves, whether it's our energy levels, mental alertness, but 
what what really propelled it forward and took me to a whole another level was I actually got stabbed in the throat at a movie theater and got to the state where I was broken, like living off tubes, just weak and feeble. And so when I was in that state, I pretty much had two options to give up on my potential or to learn how to optimize myself and get myself back on track. So I know you're probably gonna have some questions on that story. So I'll probably just wait a second here. Wow, man, that's, yeah, I can't think of another time as long as I've been doing this podcast where I've heard a story quite like that. Obviously, very unexpected, yeah. very traumatic, and sounds like it brought you to this crossroads. And I would love mm-hmm. to hear more just about that mental process that you went through and how you ultimately mm-hmm. decided to, for lack of a better terminology, take the high road. Yeah, gotcha. I'll start from the beginning because I know people would listen to it are probably like, okay, let's rewind a bit here. So basically, I just graduated college at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and I accepted a sales job in Northern California. And two weeks before the job started, I went to look for housing, so like super last minute. And I was staying at my aunt's place because she lived in the area that was close to where I was looking for a house. And I didn't really know anyone in the area, and my aunt told me, you have to be out of the house for eight hours. So I decided I got to kill some time. I'll go watch a movie by myself. Now, the movie starts, the lights dim, and... You know, I'm just sitting there watching the movie and 10 minutes in, it feels like I got hit hard in the throat. And my initial reaction was like, dude, this person hit me hard. Like I I grew up with three older brothers. I can think I'm used to them hitting me. My initial reaction was like, this guy hit me hard. And so as I stood up, I was like, what the hell? And then I felt another punch to my arm and chest. So I turn around and I push them. And as I push them, I feel cut on my wrist and ear. And instantly it dawned on me. I was stabbed, not punched. So I started yelling, I've been stabbed, I've been stabbed. The lights turn on and I see the guy who stabbed me start running away. And so I'm bleeding out. So this guy had a chef knife, the ones that gets bigger, closer to the handle. And it literally went halfway through my throat. I'm not sure if you can see it from the angle, but went halfway through my throat, punctured my lung and went deep in my arm, almost out the other side. So I'm gushing out blood like rapidly. I take off my shirt, wrap it on my neck, and I'm just holding, like putting pressure there and holding it on to keep the blood in. And then like two older women come running up and they're like, what should we do? And I tell them, just put pressure on my neck. So they start holding it down for me. Then I hear someone go, should we call 911? <laughs> I lose it. As I'm bleeding out. Yes, before, you yeah, should. The- <laughs> yeah, I literally yell back to him. Yeah, you should call 911. If you don't call them in this situation, when would you? I had more cursing in there, but we'll keep it PG here. And so I just so um, pissed off. So paramedics get here and they start asking me all these questions like, what's your name? What year is it? And, and I get it. They're making sure I'm conscious, staying with them. But I'm just like, can you guys get to know me later? Like, we can go on a date later if that's what you want. You <laughs> saved my freaking life first. And then, um, they're like, all right, let's get up on the stretcher. So they pin me up on the stretcher and I feel all my wounds worse than the initial stabbing because now I don't have the adrenaline in me. Like it was so painful. And I remember them start taking me down the stairs and it was so excruciating. Like I remember holding on to myself, looking at the ceiling, trying not to scream my guts out, like literally just like this, like it was so painful. Oh my God. So we finally make it down to the ambulance and I start thinking like, okay, the paramedics got me. I can, I can relax. And as soon as I get that thought, 
I feel a cold rush through my entire body. And it dawned on me, I was like, I lost a lot of blood. I could die here. Because before that, I was just so worried about saving myself and being in that mindset that I didn't even think about the possibility of death. There's no time for that. But it was at that moment when it really dawned on me, I was like, okay, this is like serious, good chance I die here. Now I see the paramedics come over with some sort of mask. And I remember thinking, don't fall asleep. You're not supposed to fall asleep in this situation. They put it over me. I knock out within seconds. Like, oh, there was some hardcore drugs. I'm knocked out. And so I wake up seven days later from an induced coma and I'm living off tubes, like plugged in everywhere all over me. And and how long ago was, was just, this? So this was about seven years ago. Seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. So like I was as weak and as broken as you could possibly get. So first of all, I used to be 170 pounds, six feet tall, like 8% body fat, like pretty freaking jack. Now I'm like 130 pounds so sticks and bones. My body's malnourished. I lost every ounce of muscle I put on from years of weightlifting. And I could just feel it so weak. It's really hard to describe because most people that are listening to this probably don't know what like true starvation and your body being malnourished feels like. And I find I got to experience that for once. Got to as if it's like something I want to. I experienced it for once. And it was just so, so tough. Like I remember getting up to use the bathroom. It felt like running a marathon to like simple tasks requires so much energy and effort. Like I remember after a few weeks, I started being able to eat normal food again and eating literally exerted so much energy that I had a nap in order to eat my meal. I'd eat half of it, take a nap at my plate, wake up, eat again. And so I was just always exhausted. I couldn't think clearly. You could have said, Adam, I'll give you $2,000 if you tell me what seven times 11 is. I wouldn't be able to do it. My brain just, it felt like I was comparable to like a four-year-old. My mental alertness, my mental clarity was gone. So I was really in the state where I was weak, I was broken. I started questioning if I can hit my goals in life or if my potential was just destined to rot away with my ambitions. And I, as these thoughts started clouding my mind, I remember the nurse came up to me and said, Adam, do you want to get up, try and use the bathroom? And I was like, let's do it. Like, I want to get back to my stronger self again. So I get to that to my bed, my legs didn't work. And I just got so pissed off. Like, cause I used to be a division one track athlete. And now my legs don't even work. Like I can't even stand up. And so I told myself in that moment, I was like, okay, you know what? If this happened to me, I can either sit here, curse at the road, be a victim and say, my life's done for, or I can fight for my potential. And so I chose in that moment, I said, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to get myself back to a functional state. And so I started learning the secrets of evolution, biology, and psychology to build ourselves up again. Now, the first thing was like, it sucked because I wanted to get my life back on track, but I found myself struggling to take action, to do my physical therapy exercises, my speech therapy exercises, to eat properly. And so I had to learn how the how our brain worked. Then after that, and I started taking more action, I started thinking like, okay, what kind of workouts can I do to boost our energy levels? What kind of foods can I eat that are going to boost my mental alertness so I think more clearly? And just day by day, month by month, I started getting stronger. And within one year, I ran a 459 mile. I was putting up great weight in the gym. And I was just in a good place mentally. Now, fast forward about six more years. And here I am. I teach men how to become the most powerful version of themselves so they achieve their goals in life. Man, that's amazing. So a couple of things from your story. First of all, just incredible to hear about 
what you went through. I can't imagine what you were thinking and feeling in that moment, um, both as it's happening and then in the days and weeks after. But there are a few things that you said that I want to especially highlight. So you were Mm -hmm. talking about sitting at the edge of the bed, wanting to get up to walk to the bathroom, but not physically being able to do it and feeling like you could give into the circumstances or fight for your potential. I think it's really Mm -hmm. cool that in that moment, when you felt so weak and desperate, you still recognized that you had greater potential. I think that's Mm -hmm. important. And then you talked about struggling to take the steps afterwards that you knew that you needed to take, but then asking Mm -hmm. this question, what can I do? I think it's very Mm -hmm. easy for us to focus on the things that we can't do. You know, we Mm -hmm. want to start running, but we can't run a full mile or we want to build a business, but we can't invest thousands of dollars of our own money to make that happen. And Mm -hmm. that can become so debilitating, but a better Mm -hmm. approach, like you're saying, is thinking, well, what can I do? I can't do this. I can't do that. But what do I have the ability to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It's just, it's the difference from victim mentality where you feel weak, you feel powerless, and you feel like you can't do anything. And when you're in this state, you just constantly make excuses. Oh, I can't do X, Y, and Z, or I can go to the gym because it was closed versus someone that steps into their power by taking full responsibility. If the gym's closed, well, guess what? They're going to find a solution. What can I do to work out? Well, I can do an at-home workout. I can go to another gym. I could go to a park and utilize some equipment there. And so it's really the difference in mindset of taking full responsibility and that victim mentality that's what got me from where I was to where I wanted to be. And yeah, it's a huge aspect. It's like, when you look at the highest performers in the world, it's like, they don't make excuses for why they can't achieve the things they want. They find solutions regardless of what comes up. But like Elon Musk is a perfect example, a little extreme because he's just a super achiever, but nonetheless, it's like he runs into roadblocks every single day of his life. Like he's doing what most people deem impossible, space travel, making sure we can live on other planets, transferring human consciousness into AI. Like he's doing all these things. Roadblocks and challenges are a daily part of his life, but he doesn't sit there whining and give up and say, oh, we can't do it. No, he finds a freaking solution. Just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it's not possible, right? And so it's like so many people give up their power by saying, oh, I can I can do this because of our circumstances. I didn't have enough time. You didn't have enough time? Okay, let's go with this Elon Musk example. He runs three separate multi-billion dollar businesses, yet somehow he still has time to go hit the gym so he can fight Mark Zuckerberg, but somehow you don't have time in your day to go hit the gym. Like, who are you kidding? You're just lying to yourself, giving up your power and being a victim. And Mm. until you make that switch from victim mentality and excuses to full responsibility, you're going to keep falling to the same circumstances. Mm. You have to operate in a different way to change your circumstances. Like you create, you're the person who created the circumstances you face. Mm -hmm. And it's harder to have that mentality than it is to say, well, if this was different, or if I was in this situation instead, (laughs) then I would be able to pursue my goals. It's a lot harder to say, well, maybe it's going to be more difficult than I originally imagined, but Mm -hmm. I do still have some power in the situation. So Mm -hmm. I want to go back to, you talked about that first year after the stabbing and how you went from living off of tubes to running a Mm -hmm. five minute mile, et cetera, et cetera. Was there a point during that time where you felt like things, obviously they didn't become easy, but did you feel like you got to a point where you reached a state of flow or like you were really starting to build momentum? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing was like, again, it was all a mental switch. When I said in my mind, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do 
whatever it took. And I, I started learning how to really focus on taking more action. Then everything started to change. It's just day by day, it started getting easier. And when challenges came up, because I had the mental state that I was, no matter what, I'm going to do what it takes. It wasn't as hard and difficult. The roadblocks, when they came up, there wasn't that struggle of like, okay, do I give up? It was like, nope, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And so while it was still hard, obviously there was challenges. The difference in mental state allowed me to just persevere rather than constantly have these internal battles, the resistance and all that negative weight that tends to hold people back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely a certain point where you, it's like with most things, it's building momentum. A lot of people feel like they're in a rut in life, but it's like if they start changing their actions and making more positive choices that benefit the long term in their life, eventually gets to a point where it becomes more habitual and it becomes easier and easier and easier and eventually becomes second nature. Hmm. Yeah. And that's when something becomes a habit, right? We have yeah. to remember that there's a different type of energy that's required to start something versus the energy that's required to keep something going. And I was listening to another podcast earlier today that talked about how we often try to do both at the same time, but things mm -hmm. are a lot easier when you take a step to start something, mm -hmm. knowing that later on you can put in the energy that it's going to take to maintain that or keep it going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely takes more, more upfront, but then it's like, this is like why most people tend to quit gym before like 30 days happens or whatever. But it's like, if you just get to that 45 day mark, it's like, you're going to start seeing the results. You're going to enjoy the process. Day 60 tends to be a pretty strong habit and you find more resistance to not go to the gym than to go to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about the work that you do, you talked about how you help men with optimization. What are some of the most common problems that you see or mm -hmm. what are the most ineffective approaches that you see people taking? Yeah, I'd say the biggest one is procrastination tends to be the biggest factor. People know what they need to do typically, but they just fail to consistently execute it. And one, I mean, that that happens because again, 95% of your decisions happen subconsciously, but most people try and change their lives with their conscious mind. They declare they're going to change their actions, the behaviors, they're going to work out, eat healthy, make all these changes, but we all know what happens. It happens every New Year's resolutions, right? They make progress for like three weeks before they fall back into their old patterns and ruts. Again, they're using their conscious mind, but subconscious mind controls the vast majority of their actions. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the strategies to that most people do is just willpower. Oh, I'm just going to power through. The thing is willpower and motivation are like directly correlated to your energy. It's like, think about how much more willpower you have or how much more motivation you have in the beginning of your day versus the end when you're exhausted. The difference is literally night and day. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the approaches we do is like, how your subconscious mind gets you to take action is all through habits. So what we try and do is start with these smaller changes. We focus on forming what we call foundational habits, because the way I think about it is one of the foundational habits is we want to keep all your promises that you make to yourself, because if you form the habit of keeping all your promises to yourself, well, guess what? You can create any change you want in your entire life. Then if you tell yourself you're going to form the habit of going to bed early, if you form, want to form the habit of eating healthy, if you want to form the habit of going to the gym, you'll do it because you're in the habit of keeping your word. So mm -hmm. we focus on getting a lot of these key foundational habits dialed in so that you can really create any change you want in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you do that, you're building confidence in, in yourself. yourself. Yeah. I'm sure that you've read James Clear's stuff, Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. some of his articles. Uh, one of my favorite James Clear quotes is that every action we take is casting a vote for the type of identity that you want to have. Mm -hmm. And so if you are constantly 
acting as though you are a person who keeps your promises over time, you will begin to believe that about yourself. You'll be able 100%. to see yourself in that way. And mm-hmm. it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy where if you believe that that is the person that you are, then you're more likely to act in that way. hundred mm-hmm. percent. It becomes part of your subconscious identity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, as you think about the journey that you've been on, this interest that you've built in optimization and what it looks like for you to continue optimizing your life going forward, what are you still trying to develop or what are you still working on? Yeah. So the main thing that I'm working on for myself, well, first thing is my business and helping other people achieve the results. But the second thing, just in terms of my own growth is more, uh, I'm at more of a point where I'm going for my spiritual growth. I've realized the biggest thing that I want is complete peace of mind. And I'd say probably like under half a percent of people in the world actually attain true peace. And I've just realized a lot of that comes from your mind activity. I think our mind, our conscious thinking mind is one of the, the worst things for our spiritual growth, our peace of mind. So that's the aspect I'm working on for myself. But yeah, does that answer your question? No, that's so good. I love that. That could be an entire podcast episode. Oh, on yeah, 100%. What it look like to, and we've had a couple of guests come on and talk about pursuing inner peace. But yeah, I'm intrigued to hear that only half a percent of people in the world actually achieve that. that. Yeah, yeah. even less than that. <laughs> that's a pretty and, big... Uh, yeah, because first yeah. of all, most people don't even believe the foundation that you the only way to attain peace and get rid of all this anxiety, internal turmoil, depression, that's all caused by your thinking mind. And I know this is a fact because I've had the necessary experiences to realize the simple truth, but most people won't even believe that. So I guess I'll rewind a bit. It's like, the way I think about it is look at our species compared to any other species on this entire planet. Humans, we're sick. We're depressed more often. We kill ourselves. Like what other species on this planet kills themselves even remotely close to the rate that humans do? Not none. Hmm. So what separates us from all these other species? Well, we have our prefrontal cortex, which is our conscious thinking mind. We developed that 200,000 years ago. That's what separates us from all these other species. And that's why we have all this anxiety, depression at a greater rate than any other species on this planet. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of one of the realizations I had, but then I've also had experiences where I'm reading the books, like the power of now, or these other ones that I really enjoy. And I got myself to a state where my thinking mind was just utterly quiet or another way of phrasing that is I had a higher level of presence and I felt so powerful. There was nothing. Someone could have came up and shot me in the arm. It would not have upset me. Obviously I'd be in physical pain, but I was in such a powerful place mentally that I was like, I wouldn't have let that face my mood in that moment. And mm. it was in that because I've had the necessary experiences like that. I just, I know that our thinking minds what causes a lot of our suffering And so that's kind of what sent me on this whole path. I was like, because I had that one experience, I was like, holy shit, I feel so powerful. Like there's nothing that could happen in the external world that would take away my inner peace. And I was also at this state where it's like, you hear people like Eckhart Tolle speak and you can tell in their tone, they are so calm. They're so still. I had that tone for that two hour experience. Like people were literally were telling me like, bro, like what's going on? Like, you sound like you're just at complete peace and ease. I was like, I am, <laughs> but like, uh-huh. I, truth be told, I haven't gone back to that powerful of a state since, but knowing, but just having that experience has shown me that the truth that our thinking minds what holds most of us back. And so I hope that people that are hearing me say this, like this opens up their level of awareness. And so you could probably recognize the next time you feel anxious, depressed, or you have internal turmoil, realize your thinking mind's being super active. And with that realization, 
Well, now you have had the experience of realizing when you have high mind activity, you have all this terrible internal turmoil. Then you want, might notice, look back at your life to times that you've had this huge peace. You've really enjoyed the day and you're going to realize you were more in the moment and weren't in your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So just through the constant awareness and observation comes the understanding of what I speak of. Mm, that's so good. Cherry on top of a great conversation. And I'll give you a book recommendation as well as the listeners as we wrap this up. It's a book that I read last year called Peak Mind, Find Your Focus, mm. Own Your Attention, Invest 12 Minutes a Day. It's by Amishi Ja. Great book. Fantastic. Nice. Hope you would enjoy check it. that one out. Adam, this was awesome. Can you tell us a little more as we wrap up if anybody wants to find you, connect with you, learn more about you and the work that you do? Where can people do that? Yeah, so there's two different places. You can find me on Instagram and just send me a message there. My Instagram's Adam Lucero, L-U-C-E-R-O, then the number one. So Adam Lucero one. Or if you want to learn more about me and my programs, you can go to superhumanceo.com. Then you can just opt in for like a one of our trainings and then you can book a call to speak with me or my team. Awesome. We'll put both those links in the show notes as well so people have easy access. Adam, thanks for sharing some time and filling us in on your story. And I'm just amazed at this journey that you've been on and how you've been able to leverage such a horrible experience and take something good from it. I appreciate you having me on. It was good chatting. Before we wrap up, let me tell you about one more opportunity that will help you unlock your motivation and pursue your most important goals. If you're anything like me, you start the new week with a lot of excitement. You have big plans and you can't wait to see what happens. Once the week gets going though, you may have something unexpected come on your plate or you may simply start to feel overwhelmed by all of the tasks that you have to juggle and it can be difficult to finish the week with the same amount of motivation that you had when you started. If this is a feeling you can relate to, go to my website at bradyross.com and sign up for my midweek momentum newsletter. Each Tuesday, I'll send you a short email with a thought, quote, or reflection, often based on the podcast from the week before. This boost of momentum will help you finish your week with the same amount of drive and determination that you had when you started. After you sign up, you'll receive a free instant download of the introduction in chapter one of my book, Seven Steps to Dominate Your Day and Crush Your Goals. You'll learn how to maximize the power and potential of each day by planning in advance what you want to accomplish. This newsletter is completely free. I won't spam you. I won't sell your information. And you can unsubscribe at any time if for whatever reason you don't find the content helpful. I simply want to help you carry your motivation through the end of the week and give you the boost you need to start doing more of the work that matters. And I think that you'll ultimately find both the information in the email and the timing of it very helpful. So if you're interested, you can sign up today at bradyross.com. That's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com. And we'll include that link in the show notes as well. Once again, thanks for listening to today's show. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you're willing to leave us a rating, that would be awesome as well. Any positive feedback helps us grow this community and spread the word to others who may find the content helpful. As we wrap up, remember, you already have all of the motivation that you need, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. 